You're listening to Society Chats, the podcast of First United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. The goal is that every student has at least five adults who are caring for them and are pouring into them um, and investing time into them. Thanks for listening. Well, uh, we are on Society Chats today. I'm talking with Sarah Henson, who is our Minister with Youth and Families. Is that right? Is that the right title? That's that's the official title, Minister <laughs> with Youth and Families. Well, uh, welcome, and uh, glad that you took some time to chat with us today. And so let's start, we're going to start with the same question that everybody has, which is, uh, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And because we're in Texas, everybody in Texas wants to know, are you from Texas? So tell us about that. Where are you from? So I actually grew up in North Houston. My family is a military family, and my dad was in the Navy until I was about 10 years old. So I was born in Virginia and then lived in Virginia for a couple of years, lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and then lived in Newport, Rhode Island for a good amount of time before we were brought down to Houston. Okay. Um, and then when my dad retired from the military when I was about 10, we stayed in Houston. So I grew up in Kingwood, which is suburb of North Houston. So basically a Texan. Yes. I mean, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Born Virginia in Virginia, but essentially a Texan. Yeah. Born and right. Okay. Not born, only right. Right, right, right. That's okay. That still counts. Yeah, the, the Texans yeah. are okay with that. Yeah, I would think <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> And so then um, I lived in Houston most of my childhood, and then I went to A&M for undergrad. So lived in College Station for four years, where I received my um, bachelor's in business and marketing, and I had a minor in nonprofit management. And so okay. then I went straight from undergrad A&M to into seminary. Um, I went to Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. And so mm. even though the seminary is in Austin, I was in a grad school program called CYMT Center for Youth Ministry Training. And so when you get in the program, they place you at a seminary within a three hour radius of the seminary. So that's how I got placed in the DFW area and lived in, uh, worked in Arlington for three years while okay. I was getting my master's. And that's where you were before you came here. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I was there for three and a half or so years okay. while I was finishing out school. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I recall correctly, you met somebody kind of special at Texas A&M while you were there, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so Blake and I met. Yeah, we met at A&M. <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, he was a co-counselor with my best friend of all through college. We lived together um, and they were co-counselors. And so we were kind of mutual friends for the first couple of years. And then at the end of our sophomore year, I needed a date to my sorority formal. And so... He had a, apparently he had been like nudging my friend and was like, let me know if Sarah needs a date um, and I'll, I'll want to take her to one of her functions. And so we went um, on, um, we went to my sorority formal and didn't really talk, didn't connect that whole summer while I was um, interning in Houston. And then he called me my first, our first week back at junior year and started dating. We've been together ever since. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He was thinking about you all summer. Right, I got to call exactly. her as soon as yes. we get back. I think so. It's a good sign. That was the plan. <laughs> so how, how does he like, um, you know, you guys, how long have you been married? How many years? 
two years. We are, yeah, we got two and a half. We got married right before the pandemic hit. We got married November of 2019. Oh, good timing. Yes. You didn't know it, but good timing. Yes, very good timing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, and you learned really quickly uh, how well you you liked each other. Um, yeah, that's a honeymoon. Yeah, a lot of, we spent a lot of time together because mm-hmm. we were on lockdown. Luckily, it was lucky for us. We ended up getting a two bedroom apartment. So like he could kind of have his office at my office. So got a little bit of space. Right, but right. We ended up picking up some hobbies during um, COVID. We, I was never much of a cook, a chef, but we had uh, registered for all this like cooking stuff. So sure. we um, got into, we ended up baking and cooking on during the pandemic and we got rollerblades and like to rollerblade together. Nice. So that's cool. We, we're, he's good company. Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's yeah. a good sign. Uh, in this type of a job, it's not a regular schedule. It's not an eight to five job. So uh, how has that been for him to make that adjustment? Yeah. So he's uh, like, he's definitely such a great supporting, like he, anytime, cause we've, I've been in ministry for full time for four, four and a half years now. Mm. Um, and he does a great job of being kind of that supporting role. If anything, I've appreciated seeing him kind of grow and being his own, like not just being the husband mm. of the youth director, yeah. um, and kind of making, building these relationships with the kids. Um, he really loves coming and helping on Sunday mornings and all of our special events and kind of getting to have that place with the kids. I think that's great. And, uh, I, I can tell when he's been around that he really enjoys it and that he's having a good time, um, talking to and working with the kids. And that's a great support for you. Yeah. And we, we were even just talking about the other night. He's like, I think I'd like to, maybe we'll start a boy small group like we'll start having a boy small group and because i had kind of been sharing about how um i think in the last couple of years they haven't really done any midweek bible studies and i was mm. like i really love like i love all the students but i love getting to do kind of like that girl small group time mm. and i would love to get to start that and he's like well maybe i can step into that role and get to do the boy small group yeah get to get to lead that so kind of something that he can do on his own not just as the husband of the youth minister but kind of something that he gets to own and lead and Use right. his own gifts in. Right. So tell us about how you got into youth ministry itself. Like what, what sort of drove you into that? Yeah. So I really did grow up the youth group kid. I was the kid who my parents were not super big church goers. They would go occasionally. They weren't super involved. Hmm. But I was the one who was like, can you drop me off at church? <laughs> if you're not going to church, like I want to go to youth group. Um, and looking back, it really was because being a teenager is hard and having hmm. going to church and having adults who were showing up and caring for you who weren't they weren't your parents they weren't your relatives um and were showing up and loving you um was so monumental in who i was becoming as a person Mm. and so um i had always really loved being in the church but then i went off to college and um of course i was like okay i gotta get what's my real job gonna be like what am i gonna do right and so i was like well i don't really know what i want to do so i'm just gonna get a business degree because that's a really it's a good option lots of opportunities come if you have a business degree because it's kind of broad and can give you a decently wide skill set but then my like i said my minor is in nonprofit management and so to fulfill that requ- requirement of that minor, I needed to get a internship at a nonprofit. And so I was home for uh, Christmas break my sophomore year and was talking to my youth pastor and was kind of explaining like what was going on at school and was thinking about getting an internship. And I was like, well, just this summer, I need a nonprofit. But the next summer, I'll go on and get like a marketing internship, a consulting, whatever I'm supposed to do, the adult thing to do is. Right, right. <laughs> um, but for this summer, I'm kind of looking for a nonprofit internship. And so he's like, well, 
let me give you the information of my friend who works over at this big church in downtown Houston. I was like, okay, sure. And didn't really think that much of it. Didn't really spark anything in me. Um, but the pastor ended up reaching out and I interviewed and they called me back like 15 minutes after the interview. And they're like, you know what? We really think you would do great here. Like we really think you should do an internship in student ministry. And I was like, I was like, as of two weeks ago, I hadn't even, this hadn't even crossed my mind. So I was like, (laughs) let me give it some thought. Let me think about it for a couple of days. Um, But I ended up taking the internship and just completely fell in love with it. I had so much fun interning. Um, I think, and I still say that now, the summer is like the most fun time yeah, to be in student ministry sure. because um, that's when all the um, the camps are going on and the mission trips and all that good stuff. And so did that the first summer and then next summer came along and I was like, well, maybe I should get my <laughs> business internship. And I was like, oh, I could do one more summer internship. And then like next summer, And then I could go into the corporate world and did another summer. And then I was like, okay, maybe this is just, maybe this is where I'm being called to. Maybe this is where I meant to end up. And um, so you didn't know right off then you don't feel like that first summer was like, this is it. This is the thing. It took that time. Yeah. I, I knew that I loved it. And I felt like there were people telling me like mentors were like saying, this is kind of where you're gifted. Maybe this Mm. is like where you might want to end up. But it was really something I kind of fought with up until probably a month before graduation. Like I was still like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a corporate, like I'm going to do the corporate world. I got to do it. That's like what you're supposed. And that's, I think that's part of just being in the business school. It just, you really had that pressure of like, what are your, like, what are your goals for life? Like, are you climbing the corporate ladder? Like how much money are you making? Like, those are things that were really just kind of weighing on me. And so that those are things that kind of held me back from really listening to where God was calling me. But I remember that like the, basically the moment I was like, okay, I think I'm going to look for a ministry job within a week. The CYMT, the, my grad program, I found out about that. And I was like, okay, it's fun. It's funny how when you listen to God, God's like, all right, right. The doors, the, just the doors open. start opening, uh, things start. Yeah. It doesn't feel so difficult anymore. Like you're trying to fight. Yeah. Talk a little bit about being here at First Methodist Plano and the job that you're doing here. And specifically, what's your favorite part of the job? Yeah. So I've only been here, what, three or four months now, yeah. but I just changing job. It's always hard. Like it was hard to change from my last job. Cause like, oh, I love my students. Like I like, I've been, I've right. made this relationship. The students that I started with at my first job were eighth grade and I left right as like uh, midway through their senior year. And I was like, that's hard mm. when you've built these relationships. Mm. Um, I'm stepping into Plano. I was like, I love these teenagers too. <laughs> like I was like, okay, clearly that's what I enjoy about this job is getting to work with young people. Um, and so it's just been really a great place to be so far. I think part of part of it has just been how supportive and welcoming everyone's been. I feel like mm. I'm constantly having people say like, whatever you need, like we want to support or mm. whatever, whatever you feel like you need to do with the ministry, like things, visions you see, which is not every church. I think sometimes yeah. people get really stuck on, well, we've always done this. And like, this is what has been the norm. Right. Um, but I think giving as and that's just to be Methodist, like pastors change and giving kind of having a culture where certain things are really important. We should keep some traditions, but kind of letting new people come in and use their gifts and see a vision mm-hmm. um, for the group is really important too. Mm-hmm. Um, student ministry is just so fun. Like even this last Sunday, man, we were here with the students at 8 a.m. for the musical. And I think I walked out the doors at 10 p.m., but just so much fun and laughter was had. Um 
we went off to Walmart to get um, a care package for a student was sick and I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. And so I'm teaching all the students, like if you're riding in my car, like you're going to be jamming out to Taylor Swift. So just getting to have these silly moments with kids, um, I just think are so important in that community building and bonding. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like if I, if I hear you correctly, that, um, it's all about the relationships. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I found in ministry work is that a lot of people see the tip of the iceberg above the water mm-hmm. and have no concept of how much of the iceberg is under the water. You know what I mean? Right. That there's all of this, that these events don't just happen. They don't just pop up out of the air, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of investment that's going on, a lot of behind the scenes work. So uh, talk a little bit about that aspect of the job that you do and um, kind of what goes into that for you. Yeah. So a good amount of my week really is spent kind of planning out. We have our Sunday morning, Sunday evenings, and then we always have these events coming up. So just this month we have our confirmation Sunday is coming up and we have Mm. senior Sunday and we're doing a fundraiser for mission trip. And and then that's just this month. And then in the summer, so kind of like just further planning, we got mission trip and we have choir tour and we have VBS activities, which the youth are involved in. And then beyond that, we're kind of trying to get ready for the fall and Mm. for scheduling. And so you're kind of always trying to be present with the things you're doing this week while also getting ready and knowing that the things you're doing now, like let's say building a good volunteer base Mm. kind of get pulling people in. That's doing that now is is what's going to make your ministry stronger in the fall when Mm. you're kind of trying to get started kicking back off the programming again. Right. So uh, that kind of tailors into a question that I think on my list of questions that I had for you uh, is a little further down, but I think it fits into what you were just talking about. And that is uh, volunteerism, the importance of volunteerism and kind of that process. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like, how do you become a volunteer? Do you go through a process, background check, that sort of thing before you start working with the kids? And then if you can tie into that too, we kind of make that a second part of the question, maybe like is what about parental involvement? And I know those are not necessarily always the same thing because sometimes volunteers are not youth parents, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I know that's important, but kind of talk to us about the importance of volunteers and how that process works. Yeah. So first off, volunteers are just so important because our church, we have a full calendar. We have a lot going on and we, the staff does a lot of the work, but we can't pull it off without volunteers. Right. Um, so not only that logistically, but having volunteers in student ministry is so important um, to kind of just be able to pour into kids. Um, one thing we talked about in seminary was that every student, you ideally would have their web of five adults who care about them. So hmm. the goal is that every student has at least five adults who are caring for them and are pouring into them. Um, and investing time into them. And so one thing I always say is that if you think that you wouldn't be a good volunteer with teenagers, that's just not true. I think sometimes people have this conception that a volunteer needs to be young and they need to be energetic and Mm. that teenagers are scary and intimidating (laughs) and that they don't think they'd get along with them. Right. But the reality reality is that uh, teenagers really just, and like anyone, they just want people who care about them and who are showing up for them and um, are willing to invest their time in them. And we always say that they might not remember the lessons we teach them, but they're going to remember how they felt when for the adults who cared for them when they're in a new situation, they scan the room and they see that familiar face of an adult who has showed up for them um, and is there to cheer them on. Um, So as far as getting volunteers, we basically, if someone's interested, just let me know. I'm happy to plug them in. We have, I probably, 
I like to sit down and kind of hear from the volunteer what their hopes are, what they want to get out of it, mm. kind of their time commitment. Are they wanting to do something regular? Are they wanting to be a part of just one event? Right. Um, kind of hearing what their gifts are, knowing what would be a good fit for them, um, where they would best be serving and being able to live out their gifts and serving mm-hmm. the ministry. Um, and then, of course, going through ministry safe and making sure getting all the background check stuff um, in place. So just yeah. to keep the kids safe. Sure. What about parents and how they can be involved? And do you find that um, uh, to be, <laughs> you know, I hear you hear kids talk sometimes and there's kind of a double edged sword with parents, because mm-hmm. on the one hand, it's like uh, parents can be super dedicated and mm-hmm. there for everything. And then on the other hand, sometimes, you know, the kids are like, I wish my parents were not here right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just because they're kids. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah, we teenagers. all went through that. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, I remember going through that too, where there were moments where you're like, I don't want my parents here right now mm-hmm. uh, because you sort of were trying to spread your own wings, you know? Mm-hmm. So what's been your experience with that? And, and how do you sort of navigate that sort of liminal space between these needs of these young people who are, are trying to figure themselves out and then the desire of parents? to just be there and be a part of their lives. Right. And sometimes it really depends on the kid. Like some kids are mm. more than happy to have their parents there. And then some right. are like, do not let my mom sign up for a mission trip. <laughs> this is my one week. And I think there's, I think there's some, there's some amount of okay in that, that yeah. letting teenagers have this space because they might be able to be more vulnerable or kind of grow without their parents in certain spaces. But on the right. other hand, I think parent involvement is really important just for their own faith formation. And so I do think it's important to kind of bring parents in um, and plug them in, whether it's just kind of talking about what we're learning in youth group and like, how can you be continuing these conversations at home? And yeah. um open conversations of what do you see is going on with your teenager and how can we be walking with them better? Because my perspective as the youth pastor versus their, the perspective of the teacher versus the perspective of the parent, they're all going to be different. And so kind of going back to that web, if we're working together, that's going to be create a much more holistic and healthy um, Mm. spiritual growth for the teenagers. So parents, sometimes you need to be there. Most of the time you need to be there, but every once in a while, give your kids a break. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Talk a little bit about uh, youth ministry as part of the larger church structure. Like, how do you how do you see that as the youth director? Right. Yeah, I always think an unhealthy sign in church is when the youth ministry is really siloed because... I always say teenagers aren't future leaders. Teenagers are leaders now. And Mm. I think we should be valuing the gifts that teenagers do have. Because like I said, I remember when I was in the church, the adults who were seeing things in me that I didn't, I wasn't even seeing in myself yet. Mm. The gifts that they were seeing in me and were giving me the space to live into and to try out and maybe make a mistake in is so Mm. important. And so whether it's serving in worship or doing uh, mission stuff, Teenagers, in my opinion, should be in pretty much every corner of the church getting Mm. to participate. And I think that goes the same, too, as far as kind of the whole church structure, like the larger church church structure. As we're looking at the Methodist Church right now, I think young people's voices are so important. Mm. And that's something else I'm a big advocate for. Um, One thing that seminary was really helpful for me was as I remember growing up and having certain ideas of like who I thought God was and how Mm. I thought God cared for the people of the world. Um, And I knew in my heart these things to be true, but I didn't quite have the theological verbiage to explain it. And so as I've kind of grown in my faith, I'm I can advocate for these 
things that I know to be true about God um, in our faith and in the world and how we treat others and lift others up. Mm. Um, and so being able to kind of help give teenagers those words to be able to explain how they're feeling and get to express that is really important too. Yeah. That's a great way to phrase it too, because um, a lot of times it is just a lack of descriptive language, a lack of a way to express what you sort of innately know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So COVID, <laughs> maybe one day we can stop talking about COVID, uh, but we can't, you know, we're still in that place. Um so, you know, you lived through it mostly with a different congregation, but we were still, I mean, we're still in COVID now in some sense. Anyway, it shifted things, mm-hmm. right? The church has shifted. We're talking a lot about that as the larger church. And uh, so how has that impacted the work that you do moving into the future? Does it look radically different than it did before? Or do you think you see the big changes coming because of the new normal? Or do you think that, uh, you know, we we have a way to sort of not necessarily get back to the way it used to be, but, um, you know, to sort of have some recovery there? Yeah, that's, I know it's like a COVID stereotype, typical, stereotypical word to use is the new normal, right. but I do think it's something that we do kind of need to focus on because as we look at our ministries and our whether it's a student ministry or the church as a whole, COVID did shift so many parts of our life, whether mm. whether we like it or not. And so I think part of doing ministry now is really focusing on what our group look, looks like now and really fostering um, what we have now. I know it's really easy to kind of look back and say, well, this is how it used to be. Um, and again, you can really value some things that uh, the ways of how it used to be. Um, but the reality is the healthier ministry will be the one that focuses on what the new normal will be and will grow mm. from there. And mm. so um, I think some of our systems will just look different. We're going to be like our groups are different mm. um, and we're going to have kids. I think kids and families have different priorities now even. Mm. And so for me, I know one thing that I would was really hoping to kind of focus on in this fall is bring together a group of students who kind of want to be on leadership and Relook at what our discipleship plan is for our group. Let's mm. look at what is our mission, um, what is our vision and our values as a youth group, and how do we focus on that now? What what are the impacts of each of the things we're doing? Like what? Why are we doing mission trip? Why are we doing Sunday nights? Why are we doing Wednesday nights? We should be reasking ourselves these, and if we don't have a good answer for it, then maybe we don't need to keep it. And that's yeah. a really hard thing to hear in a church sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's an important question to ask ourselves. Yeah. So how, what are the things for you from your vantage point that you say, this is what I see that's positive for the future. I see some positive things in front of me. I mean, we know the challenges. You kind of talked a little bit just then about the challenges uh, that we're all facing as a society. But uh, I like to think of myself as a hopeful person. And I think you're a hopeful person, yeah. too. So uh, what do you see as those hopeful elements out in front of you that you go, I see some really positive things in front of me here. And, and, and here's what they are. I think especially with this younger generation, they're so inclined towards caring about people and caring about um, like, what are we doing as a church that really matters? And so I think mm. the ways that our church has changed and numbers have changed it's really left us with a group who is still here, who has continued to show up. Mm -hmm. And so we can take this group that is continuing to show up and say, okay, what do we care about? What can we go after? And so I really do believe that the people who are still here 
um, will be the ones who are going to make that change and who are um, going to be doing the surveying and asking the question, what is our church doing that really matters? And how are we advocating for those who are marginalized? And how are we using our resources? And how are we being good stewards? All those important things that we should be focusing on as a church. Right. What are some of your goals that you have? What's in front of you for the youth ministry? Yeah. So I would really like to kind of focus on that discipleship plan of how there's so, and there's so many different aspects of that. Like, for example, how are we engaging our parents in Mm. their, their kids' spiritual formation? And how are we engaging other people in the church? One thing that students have talked about is they would really like to get more involved with the older adult ministry. Mm. And so how are we kind of connecting these different ministries of our church? Um, And then really asking myself and asking the youth group and asking those who want to be in on the conversation how do we want to kind of structure our student ministry? Like what, how, what do we want Sunday night to look like? What do we mm-hmm. want Sunday morning to look like? Because I think the reality is, especially post COVID that kids are having these really full schedules again, and sometimes yeah. priorities have shifted. And so it's almost become the type of thing where people are making, they're just having to make decisions on what's the most valuable to them because right. their schedules are full. And so I think gone are the days where not every person in the youth group is going to come to every single event on the calendar. They just, they can't, they're busy. And so making it really clear, like these events, this is what you're going to get out of it. And this is like how it's going to grow your faith and what is most important for connecting each student and knowing Mm. that that doesn't mean that the numbers have to be the highest, but rather connecting students to things that are important to them, that are filling them. um, And that also work for their schedule. Mm. Um, Before we move into the, kind of fun, more silly questions. Uh, (laughs) They're not, they're not silly. Uh, Yeah. They're helpful. They really are fun that that you, you know, you learn things about people uh, when you ask them about personal preferences, but uh, is there anything that you were hoping to share that we haven't, that you haven't had a chance to share or something that you were hoping we would talk about that you would like to talk about? Uh, Maybe that I just, it really is important to me that um, people in our church want to get involved in the youth group and that I would love to get people plugged in where they can, um, knowing that we have our pool of volunteers, but we need more help sometimes. And that Mm. people have, I believe that people have gifts and skills in our church that could be really used. And that doesn't mean you have to come to every Sunday night. Um, but just like the youth are interested in getting plugged in with the senior adult ministry, I think whether, you know it or not, you wanting to be involved in the students' lives will just be so important to them. Mm -hmm. Just like I remember when I was a student and seeing people show up for me, um, adults in our church showing up for students means so much and being able to use your own knowledge of like what God has done in your life and um, how God has shaped you and the gifts that you know that God has given you to be able to speak into that into a young person. Because I think we so often talk about like, where are the young people in our church and where are the teenagers and where are the 20 something year olds? And it's, we just need adults who want to care for our students and want to care for young people and be mm-hmm. able to speak those into them and support them in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about some, some, uh, my, my little fun questions that I've asked everybody so far on the podcast, um, that I think give us a little insight into, uh, who you are. So the first one is three books that you love or that you'd recommend to our listeners, three books that are important to you or or however you want to look at it. Um, 
Tell us about those. Yeah, this was a tough one for me because I I really enjoy reading. So Mm. if anyone ever wants to talk about books they've read or shared books, um, I would love to share books. But the three I chose, the first one, I chose Accidental Saints by Nadia Bowles Weber. And so Uh she is a comedian turned pastor. And she's definitely like an unorthodox. She's a Lutheran Lutheran pastor, kind of unorthodox, got the tattoos, (laughs) the piercings. um, But she's just so witty and insightful. And so this book is about she talks about how um, she was in this place where she was feeling really disenfranchised with God and with the church. And I think a lot of people might be able to relate to that, where she's Mm. coming from. Um, And she talks about how in that she just couldn't get away from the feeling that God was pulling her back in and showing Mm. up to her through these accidental saints, through the most random array of people and how she really found her faith through seeing God through this whole spectrum of people. Wow. Uh, so I really, she has other books that she's written. Like I said, she's kind of, a, she's a pastor. She's definitely a very interesting character, but she's, she very, is, wi- yes. she's very witty. Um, yeah. And so I really do recommend her readings. And even if you don't agree with some of her reviews, I think it could be valuable um, to read, sure. some of her, read some of her books. And then the next book I chose was Martin Luther by Eric Metaxas. Martin Luther is just one of my favorite Saints, theologians to read yeah. about. And I also just love Eric Metax- Metaxas. You can't go wrong yeah. um, with any of his books. Um, and then the last book I chose was kind of a more for fun book because I just finished it this last week and it was, I loved it. It was Where the Crawdads Sing. Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, and so it's a fiction book based on. It takes place in the marshes of the Carolinas in the 50s. Mm. And it's kind of like a coming of age story, a little bit of a murder mystery. Um, And it was just the author did such a good job of painting a picture of the scenes. And so if you're the type who really likes books that really have a give you a vivid imagination. Yeah. And they're also coming out. Uh, with a movie for it. So yeah, I saw if you want to go, go ahead and get the, read the book <laughs> right, before yeah. the movie comes yeah. out. Yeah. The book is always better. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, uh, yes. Yeah. I saw that they were making that film and I thought I should probably read this before the movie comes I, out. I have a copy so. if you want to borrow it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That you just finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's a nice segue into movies. Uh, so three favorite movies. What are some movies that you love? So I didn't really choose three favorites either. Okay. I had a hard time with this. I'm a big fan of series. So I Ah. love, like, I love the Star Wars trilogies. I love the Avengers movies. I love the Harry Potter movies. Those are some of my favorites. I love Dark, like, the Dark Knight, the Batman movies. Mamma Mia is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love ABBA. And then I love, one of my other favorite movies is Moonrise Kingdom. And then oh, I love Moon anything Wes Anderson. Yes. Wes Anderson. Did you see the French Dispatch? Yes. It was so good. It was so good. Yes, I, I agree. It. And um, the Grand Budapest Hotel is yes. my other favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Those are quirky and weird and fun. It's and they're delightful. just they're delightful. So, so different. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, all right. And I'm going to be self-indulgent. I'll ask you a couple of questions related to the movie thing. Which is your favorite Star Wars? Okay. I have to say the original trilogy. Okay. Okay. Movie four is probably my favorite. So the the very first one. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, they always say that like no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. (laughs) Um, That's Star Wars fans are like the biggest critics of the Star Wars movies. (laughs) That's true. But um, I really do like all, I like the new ones too. And I know some, the diehard Star Wars fans are like, 
don't like the new ones, but I like the new ones too. I, they have their own value on their own. Yeah. But the original trilogy really is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, the original. That's what I grew up on. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a few years older than, than yeah. you. Uh, you know, uh, like, I don't know, 20 something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up almost. Well, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters oh, wow. when it okay. came out. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and yeah. I remember that uh-huh. vividly. Right. Going to see that in the theaters because it was so great. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's cool. And, okay, which Harry Potter house are you? I am, and this always surprises people, and I feel like it might be wrong, but it was, I've gone on every test. I'm actually a Slytherin. Really? Which okay. I was, I know, people don't usually think of me as a Slytherin. Interesting. Right? Okay. All I right. don't know if it's like the kind of, like, I, I think of myself as like cunning and creative. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going Well, Slytherin gets a bad rap. My stepdaughter is, is considered herself. Yeah. All the people who don't listen, people that are listening that don't know anything about Harry Potter, don't stop listening. We're gonna we're gonna move away from this shortly. But all the Harry Potter people are with us right now. They're like, oh really? Uh, <laughs> so okay, no, I guess I guess I could see. I'd have to think about that. That's it's, interesting. I'm like justice for Slytherins because I think the movies just the, the main the main Slytherins are evil, but not right. all Slytherins are evil. Like right. there's bad people in every house. There's right. good people in every exactly. house. That's like a life lesson right. you can learn. That's a good point. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, yes. My daughter, my stepdaughter, uh, she uh, is Slytherin and, and does the same thing. She's yeah. all like, justice for Slytherin. Justice for Slytherin. It's not, it's, we're not bad people. <laughs> yeah. We're just different. We're misunderstood like. <laughs> We're just creative. Uh, we're cunning. I love it. Okay. Uh, so Harry Potter fans, that was for you. Um, all right. Well, we already know at least one of the songs that you're going to pick, or at least the artist, because you, you already said earlier in the podcast that you're a T-Swift person. So uh, I don't know if T-Swift made your list of three songs, but what about some songs that are important to you that you think, oh, you should listen to these songs. They're amazing. They'll change your life. Well, I couldn't pick the entire Taylor Swift discography, so <laughs> I didn't pick a Taylor Swift song because I just oh, love okay. all of her okay. music. You well, can't... it's like people would have expected me to it's pick like taking between your children Swift. or something. Exactly. That's what you're saying. It's too yes. bad I can't. I love them all equally. Right. I couldn't pick just one. So I just the whole Taylor Swift just. I challenge you to listen to her music and then tell me your favorite. There we go. <laughs> so the three songs I picked. The first one I picked, Vienna by Billy Joel. That's one of my favorite songs okay. of all time. I love the, you can't be everything you want to be before your time. I love Billy I Joel. Love, me too. Yeah. I love Billy Joel, and that's my favorite Billy Joel song. And nice. Lots of good nuggets about being present where you're at and having dreams, but also not getting too caught up and... Being distracted from where you Absolutely. are Absolutely. Right Vienna waits for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I also chose Graceland 2 by Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Which is kind of like a, it's kind of like a coming of age song and becoming more like overcoming the things that uh, tend to trip you up or um, get you distracted. And mm. she's one of my favorite artists. She's kind of a more moody, moody singer, but she has okay. really good lyrics. Cool. I've, I'll have I've, to I listen to that one. I don't know if I'm, I, the name is familiar and I think maybe I've heard her stuff, but yeah, yeah. I picked, I first picked Billy Joel because I was like, everyone knows Billy Joel. Yeah. But then my other two songs, I tried to pick ones that people might have not heard before and yeah, listen yeah. to. And the other song I chose was Dog Years by Maggie Rogers. It's one of my favorite songs. It was actually the song that Blake and I danced to, not our first dance, but like our last dance. Oh. So it's like a sweet song. And it's about, like, it's just about like love and like your people and, it's not as many people know Maggie Rogers, too, so I would That's also great. recommend that song. Oh, great. And great story to go along with it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, what about, let's turn 
back to uh, uh, the Christian perspective here from the Bible. Uh, and not everybody has had an answer to this for varying reasons, but uh, some people do. Some people have what they they think of as like a life verse, right? And that's cool. Um, and then some people are more like, eh, no, it's more of a general type thing. So from your perspective, do you have Bible verse that's like particularly important to you or do you kind of, how do you approach that? Yeah, I feel like sometimes I just relate to certain scriptures more than others, but I still picked one of my favorites and it's Colossians 3.1 and it says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I think so often in life and being in ministry, it's so easy to kind of get caught up and bogged down. Uh, burying your heads and what's going on right now and all the things that need to be done and even mm-hmm. getting caught up in um, people have opinions on what you're doing and mm-hmm. um, have things to say about what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing. Um, and I just love this verse that we should be setting our minds on what is above and not rather than getting in our own heads or getting buried by our own feelings, setting our minds and our hearts on what Christ is calling us to do and um, what will ultimately glorify Christ mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah, that's great. Did you go to seminary? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well done. One of the very important things that you said earlier is we need volunteers to do things in the church. And there are all these wonderful ways to connect with the youth. And uh, I love what you said about, um, you know, five sort of five points of contact to to cover. That's like, how did you say it? It It's like your web, web, your web of ministry around the student. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have all these kids and we're moving into the summertime and gosh, there's opportunities. So somebody's listening to the podcast, we hope, and they say, gosh, I could do that or I could at least volunteer for some things. How do I get in contact with Sarah to get connected? So what's the best way for the listeners to connect with you? Yeah, you definitely email me or um just if you find me on a Sunday morning and let me know, mm. like I might, Sundays are kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. I might not be able to talk for forever, but if you come up to me and are like, I'm interested in working with student ministry, I'll be like, let's get coffee this week. Let's get a meal. Love to hear your heart behind that and like what you're hoping to get out of it and yeah. what you would like to give because it really is so important. I can't understate that. Yeah. Well, all of the information for all the staff is on our website, fumcplano.org. And you can find that under the staff page. You can connect, you can call the church uh, and get connected with Sarah. You can email, um, catch her up here, all these wonderful ways that you can get connected. So please do that because we need your help. And she wants you to come and be a part of the youth ministry here at FUMC. Plano. So anything you want to say before we wrap up today, Sarah? Just that I've loved being here at Plano so far. I've only been here four months-ish. I think it's my four-month anniversary tomorrow. (laughs) Wow. Which is crazy because I feel like I've just been here forever already. Um, But I just want to say thank you to how welcoming everyone's been. Um, People who are already encouraging me to use my gifts and get to just come alongside these students. It's meant so much in getting acclimated. Well, we're glad you're here and appreciate the work that you're doing. And guys, get connected, volunteer, come be part of the great work that's going on with the youth here at FUMC Plano. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Anytime.